The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing? Then you've tuned in to the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and I'm so glad that you've taken time of your life to listen to our show and to continue to follow us and spread the good word to your people in your social media network about the show From Good to Amazing. You're joining us with Unity FM, the voice of the awakening world, Unity Online Radio. And a guest that I had uh, at the beginning last year when I first started the show, the wonderful and incredible, gifted, talented David Friedman is joining us today with the concept and the idea, the thought exchange. David, thank you for being on our show. I was so excited. After your book's been out for a year, I know you've been leading workshops and programs for a long time on the thought exchange, but with the milestone of your book being out for a year and now a new documentary out, I was just real excited to have you back with us. Thank you for being here. Well, I always like an opportunity to hang out with you and chat with you in whatever medium, so I'm very glad to be here. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's thrilling. Well, I, I just want you to know from, from a com- just our community's perspective and from myself personally that I really identified, and that's the reason I wanted to have this show in the first place, is not just to be on a radio show, but to really make a difference in one way or another. If people could walk away from each show they listen to and, and have one golden nugget or two, I knew that the show would be worthwhile because that's what we're looking for now in new thought. And positiveness is practical application. And so when you were talking about a year ago, you were giving examples about how you feel a sensation in your belly. And you were making this reference of how all these years on Broadway or off Broadway, when you get ready to perform, you still feel the sensation. You're aware that it's there. You recognize it and you go, hey, how how you doing? (laughs) You know, to the sensation. But yet you just keep moving forward. Yeah, and, well, the thing and, is that the sensation is part of you and part of it. And, uh, and, and so I find that, you know, this was the thing that was sort of in my way when I did New Thought. Everyone seemed to think that you're supposed to feel good, and you're actually supposed to feel the way you feel, whatever that is. And so I just found that when I could get in touch with that and be with that, I began to notice that, oh, this is generally the way I feel when I go on a stage. So I stopped calling it bad. I stopped calling it frightening. I stopped calling it, you know, something that had to be gotten rid of. And I just had it. And so I now call it the sensation that I feel when I go on a stage. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, had, I was doing a thought exchange in Los Angeles, and this a man who was in his 60s spoke up, and he said, he said, uh, I'm going back to college right now, and I was always 
thought of as stupid, and I was not a good student. And so now that I'm in college at 60, I'm getting straight A's, but I still think I'm stupid. So I said, well, what makes you think you're stupid? What do you feel? And he said, well, when I get an A, I feel this tightness in my chest. Now, that tightness in his chest is actually there because had he dared to be smart when he was younger, he got criticized, and that's why he thinks he's stupid. So anytime he's smart, he's going to get that sensation. And so what we did was we changed that sensation from that means I'm stupid to that is the sensation that you get when you're smart. And so he gets a tightness in his chest when he gets a great grade. So that now tells him he must be smart. Uh, it's, you know, one of the big challenges is that it is the positive thoughts that we dared to think a positive thought and we got hurt a long time ago. It is the positive thoughts that often make us anxious, that often create a difficult sensation. So people get caught in this merry-go-round. They're trying to think positive, they think positive, and then they feel awful, so they think, oh, there must be something wrong. So they take on the negative thought, and they think, oh, I can't do this, and then they're in the negative thought again. And then they, they try to think positive again, and they don't feel good, and they interpret that thought as terrible. If you can feel whatever you feel when you take on the positive thought, if you feel a tightness in your stomach, if you feel a tightness in your chest, if you feel like you're choking, if you feel nauseous, if you feel achy, feel it. And then you can hold that thought, and that's the way your life will look. I love that. And I've, I've been working with this idea all weekend. I love sound bites and you know, various quotes. And the one I've been working with is we create the habits, and then the habits create us. And uh-huh. that, that's uh-huh. so true, you know, what you're saying, obviously, and you've heard it, you know, from so many people. Years ago, I was uh, doing some coaching and mentoring to a couple that had at one time been extremely wealthy. And because what they identified, because of the wealth, they became unhealthy. You know, they made some choices that weren't so great for them, and they overindulged, et cetera, et cetera. And Mm -hmm. so, like you're saying, what happened, every time they would start to get a step back up, or they would start to overcome or have a new window that would create more success, they would feel the sensation, "Uh uh-oh, danger's coming, we're going to make wrong choices now, and so they would sabotage their good. Yep, yep. And it was only until they could make that association. I know for me, um, a number of years ago, um, when I felt, I remember the first time I told my father about two or three things I was doing and how much money I was making (laughs) for that Uh particular thing. And compared to what he would assimilate or his own experience in his own worth, that was like a big freaking deal to him. You know, Uh and I remember the look in his eyes like, oh, my gosh, you know, I had I had affected him some way and his self-worth. Now, I was taking it on. I get that. But still, it became real to me. And so for a while, I would have this sensation of, oh, my gosh, I have exceeded my parents. You know, I, I am much more successful than my parents are. And so I would feel this sensation like. This is not okay. And I had uh-huh. to work with that quite a, a while, you know, in my 20s um, to, to get to that place of, no, this is a good thing. 
Well, you see, you these know. sensations come from a long time ago. So, for instance, even we've been doing a lot of work with inner child and infancy based on thought exchange. And what happens is, you see, if you got the signal from your parents that in some way for you to be successful would diminish them, or if you uh, thought or felt a certain thing, they would be uh, hurt or couldn't tolerate it. Now, when you're a little child... You cannot afford to have that happen. You just can't because you can't leave. You can't, you know, get your own job. You're, you're completely dependent. And so we get these, these subtle messages that uh, we are not allowed to do things and that people will be killed or hurt or diminished. Now, when we're adults, like, for instance, when people say to me, oh, my God, I'm so afraid I'll be abandoned, an adult is not afraid of being abandoned in that way. We have capabilities. We'll feel sad. We'll feel upset. But we're not lost in space. A child is abandoned. It's really abandoned. So we get this sensation, and we actually think that something is happening to us as an adult, but it's actually just a memory. I mean, I remember when I was about 40, and I realized there was a dynamic between me and my father that, you know, if I was too successful, that he would be diminished. Now, that's not something my father consciously knew. If you asked him about it, he'd say that's ridiculous. But I remember being 40 and becoming very successful, and I said out loud to myself, you know what? If someone's going to die because I'm too successful, it's going to be my dad. It's not going to be me. And guess what? My dad's 91, and he hasn't died. You know, I mean, (laughs) but I became willing to say, all right, if that's what happens, that's his choice. But it's really not about that. It's about that I get a sensation. Your father is allowed to feel diminished, and he's a person. He'll he'll handle it. And and uh, but we we function on these sensations as though we're little children because that's where they come from. Mm-hmm. And we make choices that are. Uh, I remember I was with a therapist for a very long time, and I decided I needed to do something different and leave. And I said to her. I feel so guilty because I feel like my leaving, uh, you might get depressed that I'm leaving, you might think badly of yourself, and she said to me, I might, but I'm an adult. If I get depressed, I'll deal with it. If I think badly of myself, I'll have to figure that out. This is not your job. And so we make up all sorts of blocks for ourselves simply because we're feeling a sensation that a child felt and that a child felt we couldn't go near. It was too dangerous. It was too painful. And so, interestingly enough, by going near those sensations, by having them, not only do we get to choose our own thought, but we actually heal the child because we actually are sitting uh, with our inner child who was afraid to feel those, and we're feeling it, and we're not dying. And so the, that child with the memory may never lose the sensation, uh, but, but will know that it can have that sensation that everything's all right, because in essence it has a new parent, us. And uh, it changes everything when you can really be with your experience, whatever it is. That's all we want, is to have our experience seen. You know, I say when, when traumatic things happen in childhood, it's not really the traumatic thing that is the problem. It's that it was not seen by an adult and, and some eyes looking at it saying, I see what you're going through. I see what you're feeling. I see that, of course, you feel that way. And I think that's why, in a certain way, we create the concept of God. We want somebody who sees us, knows our every move before we know it, knows what's going on, 
And there is a God inside of us. There is us who is able to experience whatever that child experiences at any time without judgment. And so it's sitting right here in us. And we are the savior of that child right inside of us. And I love that, what you're saying about the God without judgment, the God without labels. And I've found that true in observing people over the last 20 years in ministry and as a life coach. And I'm sure you have too, as well as I do it to myself sometimes, mm-hmm. is that well, a thing. lot of us yeah. came from traditional religiosity. We came from a place that we were rarely okay, you know, and mm-hmm. we were labeled all the time, you're a sinner, you're this, you're that, you're bad, you're, you know, you're, you're worthless, you're not going to amount to anything. And then we come into this wide open, you know, Disney-like spiritual wonderland, where, you know, I love myself the way I am. And what we don't often realize, or at least I find, David, is that we're still tagging, we're still dragging along the labels. And, yeah. and we, we're not doing the labels that we used to. We're giving up a little bit of should. We're giving up a lot of that shame. But we're still, and and we're not aware of it because we go around then saying, and it's just what you said at the beginning of the show, we start saying, Oh, well, I don't mean to be negative. Or you may not want to hear me say this because I'm going to, you're going to think it's negative. And I I love to say, I'm not going to think it's anything. I'm just going to think it's something that's important to you. And Mm -hmm. so I think that would be a good, a good golden nugget for people to have as a takeaway. One of the main ones of the show today is to look at why do you need to label where you are as anything and like you're saying just be in the this is what's so and the reason people need to label it is because they feel uncomfortable sensations and so what has to happen we came up this week we really as i said been working with our little inner child and so what i say to myself is whatever i am thinking like for instance i'll give you an example you know i have five shows that i'm working on getting them to broadway now i have to say that I know that I can never get a show on Broadway. It'll never happen. I know that. I know it. I know it. Now, so most people would say, well, cancel, cancel. Don't have that negative thought. That's terrible. You have to have a positive thought. I go, no. I go, David, given your history, it would stand to reason that you would know that you can't get a show on Broadway. It would stand to reason that you have that thought, and that thought sits in your mind all the time. You don't have to get rid of that thought. You have to notice that you have that thought. And once I know that, well, of course that thought makes sense. I don't have to squelch myself. I don't, that's like a child coming to you saying in pain, and you're saying, no, no, you're not in pain. You're positive. I notice that I have that thought, and I say, okay, of course you have that thought. I can get that you have that thought. I can see it. And the minute I do that, I'm capable of... Then saying, okay, now let's look at the whole universe. Is it possible in the universe for me to have a show on Broadway? Of course it's possible. And I don't have to get rid of that thought. So I'm feeling like writing a book, you know, The Power of Negative Thought, The Truth About Negative Thought. We're so afraid of negative thoughts. You have a negative thought? Notice it, but know that it's a thought. You don't have to change it. You don't have to get rid of it. You don't have to anything. Just have it. And then you will immediately realize that since it's a thought and no thoughts are true, it's a thought you're having. It makes perfect sense. So you understand yourself. You're not judging yourself for it. In fact, it would be crazy for you not to have that thought given the experiences you had. 
And then you can look at the whole universe and go, and it's possible that while I have that thought, I mean, I've done six Broadway shows, and every one I was positive wouldn't open. Well, they opened. I just had that thought. That thought didn't mean anything. And uh, so there's something we do where we say, no, 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 uh, you know, get rid of that thought. You know, we call it thought exchange because you're just looking at a thought and then looking at another thought. You're not changing a thought. You're not disappearing a thought. You're not getting rid of it. You're not saying, oh, my God, don't think that. That'll come true. Just you, you accept everything about yourself. I accept that when I'm... Going on a stage, I have the thought that I'm going to drop dead, that I, have the, that I have sensations, that my heart's pounding 90 miles an hour. I accept it. And it's, you know, it's an interesting thing. You know, one of the, the very basic concepts of physics and of metaphysics is that what you resist persists, and what mm-hmm. you don't resist disappears. It's quite well known. Now, I looked at that one day, and I said, oh, well, that's interesting, because what happens? I take on a positive thought. And I'm happy I have it, so I don't resist it. So it disappears. Then I take on a negative thought. I resist it like crazy. So what does it do? It persists. So I thought, don't resist your negative thoughts, and they'll disappear. Resist them, and they'll stay right in place. So I just kind of notice, oh, I think I can't do this while doing it. (laughs) That's so true. Well, we're enjoying our time with David Freeman today, author of The Thought Exchange, as well as an immensely talented musician and creator of music and you name it. He just has a multitude of talents, this man. And you can go to his website, thethoughtexchange.com. I want to thank all of you again for participating, and we're looking forward to so many of you going on the Unity Cruise, and you can go on unity.fm and find out all the information. The tickets are going quickly, so we want you to go ahead and sign up. It's November the 10th through the 17th, and you'll want to be with us because you're going to be surrounded by people that think this way and live this way. Imagine a week of that and traveling the world. Sounds pretty exciting. Uh, We'll be right back after break. Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. being called to vibrate from our internal space of love and light. From this space, all gifts of joy, peace, and prosperity flow to you. Won't you join us on this journey? Find your light and love by participating in a powerful sacred chant retreat this April 3rd through 9th in Nosada, Costa Rica. Join Sanatam Kaur, Guru Ganesha Singh, and the team of Spirit Voyage Teachers as we tap into that place within love and light. During this retreat, you can immerse yourself in daily yoga, 
meditation, and the sacred sound current set against the tropical background of Nosara, Costa Rica. Space is limited. To register for the Spirit Voyage event, go to www.spiritvoyage.com slash retreat. We'll see you in paradise. is turning five this year and we're throwing the biggest bash of all a cruise to the caribbean november 10 through 17 2012 we'll celebrate in style aboard holland america lines eurodam with sunshine fine dining and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the eastern caribbean plus feed your spirit with music message and meditation your favorite hosts will be there, and we hope you will join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, visit www.unity.fm forward slash cruise. Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. And again, thank you so much for sharing the messages from Good to Amazing. I'd also like to hear from you, so you can email me at amazing at unity.fm love to get some feedback from you Um, love to hear some ideas that you would like to have for the show but most importantly again thank you for spreading the word about unity online radio the voice of the awakening world and the changes that we're able to make because there's seven billion people on the planet and we await the day that everyone will know what unity is and how unity our positiveness our way of life like this and make a difference and change the world. And we're part of that mission. David Friedman, who is our guest today, is part of that mission as well, of decreasing stress in people's lives, of bringing families together. I know that when he worked with our spiritual community, we came together as a board and a staff and a team, and we had collectively around 30 people. And one of the things that he highlighted is, look what you're actually thinking about this place and the leaders of this place. And everybody, that's the beauty of this work, once you have have the aha or the epiphany, you can actually take it to a place of action and it can be life altering for you. David, I'm so proud of the work that you're doing and I'm so proud to know that the work that you've done and how it's impacted and affected me as well as a person and as a a human being. You were telling us uh, before we went into the first segment about that you now have a documentary. Tell us about that and how people can know about it and and watch it and get it. Well, there was a documentary that was just released by Usher Morgan, a filmmaker, and it's about an hour and a half long, and it has interviews with me and interviews with people uh, who have done thought exchange work with me and how it's influenced them, and it has stories, and it's a beautifully done piece, and it 
it is a way, it's organized in a way that you can really get an understanding of what it is I'm doing. I mean, of course, reading my book is, the, the, you know, another way to do it. But this is in an hour and a half. I go through everything. It points out my work. It talks about what I've done. I tell my own life story in it. And uh, what I love about it, I was very happy because the reviews have been coming in, and they've really been great. And what everybody has said is they don't feel like I'm, you know, trying to proselytize or ram something down people's throat. I'm sharing something that I obviously use and that the people who talk about it obviously use uh, as an offer, as a way to say, check this out, look at this, and see what your life can be. And, you know, one of the things that we look at a lot of new thought, and the, the reason the thought exchange came about was I began to look at the things that were sort of, uh, you know, uh, woo-woo, standard, this is the way it is. And I noticed that they didn't work for me. I noticed that when we kept trying to feel better, that didn't necessarily work. And one of the other big things is that we, our lives take place only inside of us in our experience. I like to say, you know, Temple, I don't even know if you exist. I know that I'm experiencing talking to you right now, but that doesn't mean you're there. If I was having a dream, I'd experience you also. So all I have, all any of us have, is our experience. And everything we think we see out there in the world, we're only seeing it through our experience. So it could be said that the things of the world are just there as a fantastic mirror to just allow us to see what we're thinking and where we're limiting ourselves. And so we make the mistake of thinking that the world is set or that the idea is to get something in the world. And that would be like saying the idea is to get something in a mirror. And so once we understand how to use the world that way, for instance, then if I'm working with the church board, it's not a matter of, oh, well, you have to change your thoughts so that you can see something out there that's different. It's you're seeing something out there, which is your thoughts, so that you can make the changes in the only place changes can be made, which is inside. And when you have a greater awareness of unlimited possibility and of your innate goodness and, and of that you know, you're in no danger, you will naturally see a world that looks like that. But the world that looks like that is not the point. The point is it's all in you. And so the shift is not about stuff. The stuff is just a tool so that we can see what we're thinking, where we're limiting ourselves in the only place we can have experience, which is in our experience. So it changes the whole game. You, you no longer are trying to get money and relationship and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I had a very funny thing happen in Thought Exchange. Somebody who's single said to me, um, well, but you're in a relationship. And I said, yes, and? And she said, well, at least you know that any time you have a problem, when you come home, you have someone there who always supports you and always agrees with you and always, and I went, Really? Hello. I have never seen a relationship like that. What I get in my relationship is what I think of myself. <laughs> and so people have the idea that there's something in the outside world that's going to change them. There isn't. You're going to see yourself in the outside world. You're going to see what you Think of yourself in the outside world. And 
once we know that, you know, I do a lot of work in Fortune 500 companies, and they have what's called the 360, where uh, they will take an executive and they will uh, interview all the people who work for them, who he or she works for, and get their impressions of the executive. And, of course, as you can imagine, it's quite upsetting and shocking to sit down and just hear what everybody thinks of you. So before I read the information to the executive, I always say what you are about to hear is what you think of yourself. You are not, no one is judging you. You are being reflected in these people, and we are going to work not on changing these people's minds, but on what you're thinking of yourself, which they have very generously revealed to you. And so when you look at the world like that, the whole world changes because situations do not matter, and the, the, the biggest upset is only here to show us what we're thinking so that we can heal and be whole. That's all any upset is. And it just changes everything. You, you kind of go, oh, hmm, this is what it's I'm It's so thinking. true. It, it, it totally does. When, I, when, I th- when you look at it from the perspective of when you're not really playing full out, when you're not really bringing all that you are to the experiences of your life, you really cheat other people from Uh those experiences of the total you of wherever you could be in the moment. Um, I I think what I identified with you and we had talked about before is from feeling that scarring or that woundology as a Mm -hmm. teenager when it wasn't cool, you know, in the 60s and 70s to be out. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. I had this uh, sensation, you know, and as I look back now, you know, through the years, the people, the relationships that I sabotaged or the times I wouldn't show up at the, the banquet of life, as one would say, because I didn't want to be found out. I didn't want people mm-hmm. to know about me. It's like if we were starting to get too close, the sensation would come over my body like, well, if you really find out, you know, who my partner is or you really find out. That I'm that I'm gay, or you really find out this and that and this and that. You know, you you'll abandon me, you'll leave me, and you know, we won't ever connect. And it's amazing how even now, um, as a more aged person, I can be on a plane, I can be sitting by somebody, and we start doing the you know surface chatting, which isn't always one of my favorite things anyway. But you know, one question leads to another. And um, since I did this work with you a year ago, I'm so much more conscious now of how I have a sensation of we are now entering the uncomfortable zone. Uh (laughs) Right. I am starting to be... That's very different than saying we are entering the danger zone. See, it's uncomfortable. It's not dangerous. And you certainly, you know, if someone, because I used to get this, I'd be on planes and I'd be talking to business people and they'd say, and, you know, you know, who's your, you know, are you married? And I'd say, I live with a man. And they could just take that. But, of course, you get a jolt in your body when you say that. And, and, you know, and again, see, I know when I was, uh, because I avoided being gay, I was married. And I, I, you know, I, I remember thinking to myself, if I'm gay, I will have to kill myself. And as time went on, I became more comfortable with the sensations. And being gay and declaring that was the first time in my life that I decided that something going on inside of me was more important than what anybody thought outside of me. So actually, that um, 
coming to terms with that gave me my whole life in a certain way. I suddenly was authentic. And to be authentic, I had to be uncomfortable. But that didn't mean I had to be hurt or in pain or whatever. I just had to feel the discomfort and not make up stories about it. And I know when I told my parents, when I got together with my first long-term relationship and I told my parents and I said to them, look, you have a choice. This is who I am. You can either accept it and then you will be privy to how my love life is going, when I have trouble, when I'm happy, when I'm celebrating, when I'm going through something, and you will be part of my life. Or you cannot accept it, in which case my life will go on just as it went on before, except you won't be part of it. And my pa- I said, it's your choice. And my parents chose to accept it. And so they got to participate in my life. And, uh, but it wasn't about, if you don't accept it, my life's not going to be like this. Now, had they not accepted it, I probably would have felt a lot more sensations and noticed a lot more thoughts. Right. But Really, as adults, we have to understand the difference between an adult and a child. It's not that an adult feels fine all the time. An adult can tolerate discomfort, and a child cannot. And we tolerate... I have someone who I I work... I had a lot of panic disorder when I was young, which is sort of the source of the thought exchange, because I dealt with sensations. And I work with a lot of people who have panic disorder. And this one guy said, how do you get on a plane? you know a plane could crash. And I said, yes, I do know it could crash. He said, well, how do you get on feeling totally comfortable knowing it could crash? I said, I don't feel totally comfortable. I know it can crash. I have some measure of discomfort about that. And I can tolerate that discomfort. And when I tolerate the discomfort, I'm quite aware that it would be quite unusual for it to crash. But it could. And so I have a little bit of uh, discomfort. And, And, you know, that's, that's what life is. It's filled. The people who are successful, you know, uh, Barbara Streisand is willing to experience the discomfort of going on stage with, you know, 50,000 people out there. Believe me, she feels discomfort. She wants to be on stage enough to feel the discomfort. And uh, where we get this notion that we're supposed to feel, you know, comfortable and fine and and, you know, we look at other people and feel that they feel comfortable and fine. Uh, nobody does. <laughs> no, just, not at all. No. Well, if, in talking um, with our listeners today, what would you say, David, would be like one of the starting points of like, would it be helpful if an individual journals or, um, or writes down like where they're lacking uh, prosperity, and by prosperity, I mean uh, a full uh, perspective of prosperity in a healthy relationship, creative self-expression, abundant living, healthiness, you know, the physicalness, healthy mind, all of that, the wide picture of what real prosperity truly is as far as I'm concerned. Um, would you look at each uh, segment of your life in that way? And, I would actually, then, you know, when I, when I wrote the book, and the book is very detailed and goes into all sorts of areas in great detail, and, and mostly it's about how I went down a path, thought something was true, then found out where it failed and went the other way. But the whole book boils down to one thing. If you do one thing, 
experience your sensations. So whenever you are troubled, whenever you think, I don't have enough money, uh, I can't find a partner, uh, I'm, I'm sick, uh, there's no way to get better, there's no way for this to happen, stop and go to your body and say, what am I experiencing in my body? And don't, not, we're not talking about anger, sadness, or whatever. We're talking about uh, tightness, hotness, coldness, shaking, emptiness, fullness, bubbling, you know. Uh, and just go to your body because all of these thoughts of lack are here to get away from our sensations. The minute we go to our sensations, we open the doorway to unlimited possibilities. I know it sounds ridiculously simple, but for instance, I, I was on a West Coast book tour and I arrived in Los Angeles. Now, I haven't been in Los Angeles for a few years, but I used to, I conducted a lot of Disney movies in Los Angeles. I had, you know, I had a big career in Los Angeles. And I arrived in Los Angeles and as I landed, I felt the most horrible sinking feeling in my chest. And I noticed I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm such a failure. Boy, all those years in Los Angeles, I never accomplished anything. I never did anything. I have no money. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Now, look, even the rental car bus drove by me without stopping for me. And now the rental car costs $100 more than I thought it would, which means I'm going to run out of money. I watched myself go from... Slight discomfort to imminent death in about, you know, five minutes. And then I said, whoa, wait a minute, stop. Feel that sensation in your chest. And I just felt it. And I felt it for about three days, and I realized that all my years in L.A., even though they were very successful, the reason I was trying to be a star was so that I could get away from that sinking feeling that I've always had. That had to do with much earlier stuff. And no matter how big a star you become, that sinking feeling is not affected by that. And that's why big stars are often miserable, because they think, wow, the whole world is cheering for me, uh, and yet it's not enough. And, and so I sat with it for three days, and while sitting with it, I had a wonderful time with my friends, I gave a wonderful talk, I enjoyed myself, I even had business things happen, and I got back to that, oh... I've spent my life pushing and forcing and thinking I don't have anything to get away from that feeling. It's just a sensation. It's just a sensation. And I had it, and I sort of incorporated it. And so, you know, it's interesting. I went to a concert the other night of a, like, one of the most major superstars in the world. And he had done three sold-out performances for over 5,000 people, and and, you know, with people screaming and standing and yelling and singing along. And I went backstage to see him, and the first thing he said to me was, was I good? Mm-hmm. And I think, if you don't know that, with everybody screaming, and I realized, oh, you inside are just a person, and, you, and in, in a way you may be a person who has a lot of emptiness and sadness, which has made you write beautiful songs and sing them, but... Uh, people, you know, a million people screaming for you is not going to heal that. The only thing that's going to heal that is being with it yourself and accepting that, of course, you feel that way with what happened. And it doesn't matter what, you know, fabulous successes you have. So I would say what I'd love people to try, since our whole culture 
has been geared to, oh, my God, you have a headache? Take an aspirin. You know, take something. No pain. And stop and experience your sensations. Experience. Don't try and figure out your problem. Don't try and figure out how you're going to get out of it. How, it's not even a problem. It's just there to send you back to your sensations. It's just a mirror telling you there's something you're running from. Just experience it in of you as a pure sensation and you will notice that suddenly your world opens, suddenly you get ideas, suddenly things start to happen, suddenly you're open to things because in so many cases our whole lives have been about avoiding our very experience. That's so true. Wow, that's that's powerful. And we're going to delve right back into that when we come back after break. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio, the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, For Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Thank you for everyone for participating in our show today as we're listening to David Friedman. I'd encourage you to go to his website, thethoughtexchange.com, and order the documentary. I would also encourage you to read the book, um, to look at your organizations, your corporations, as well as your families, and look at how you could make a difference in exchanging the thought that you find yourself having, which up till now has either limited you or held you back from an amazing life in one way or another, and be willing to invest the time 
to change. You know, the whole uh, axiom is if we keep doing what we've always been doing, guess what? We'll keep getting what we've always got. And individuals like David that give us these concepts, they really do work. And I think that's important. It, It doesn't matter who you are, how famous you are, how much money you have, how much love you have in your life or anything. It's just like what David is sharing today. There's always a way that we can sit in front of the classroom, take notes, we can benefit, and we can make a shift in our lives. So, Uh David, thank you for for the gifts that you are giving us today. Really, Uh really appreciate that because what you're talking about, I I love that statement, and um, a number of people have been given the... um, the credit for it, uh, most of all, Ralph Waldo Emerson, but it's the quote, um, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. And that's exactly what you're talking about because when you're comfortable with yourself, it doesn't matter how you show up at the grocery store, how you show up on stage, how you show up in the newspaper or wherever you are or at home with your loved one. Um, you are expressing authentically, and therefore, in that mirror, you expect to receive the same. Mm-hmm. And, it's and you just, just the way see it. it it's one thing. Yeah, it's one thing. It's just your experience. You know, I always say, if you look in a mirror, you see yourself. And the interesting thing is, you see yourself in whatever mirror you look in. So the point is, if you have the thought that you are not good, you will see that. When you're poor, you will see that when you're very wealthy. You will see that when you're not in a relationship. You will see that when you're in a relationship. Circumstances will not change. You will see your thought of poverty or of of lack or whatever in everything. There is no amount of money. There is no amount of love. There is no amount of possessions that can change that one bit. That's why people so often win the lottery and end up right back where they started because your consciousness, your interior, it's not even like the purpose is you're causing things to happen. Your consciousness is it. It's the whole ball game. It's the whole ball of wax. All you are is your interior experience. And, and so and all you're seeing is yourself. They're really, you know, when they say we are one, the only way I know that there is another person is within me. So that means that all the people I know and all the things I see only appear to me in me. So everything is happening inside of me. Wars around the world are happening inside of me only. There's no such thing as outside of me. I'm experiencing them inside of me. So everything, everything anybody does to you is really just happening inside you. And that sort of freaks people out, but that's why we're all one, because there is nothing other than each of our experiences. And that's one thing. And when we know that, our focus changes. We, st- we stop pretending that, oh, if I could just get here or get this or that or get this position or get... Uh, you know, whatever, I'll be fine. It's not going to make a bit of difference. And when you change something inside of you, and you're not really even changing it, you're just revealing it because it's all sitting here all the time. You're just not noticing it. When you reveal something inside of you, you are revealing a piece of experience, a piece of possibility, a piece of 
abundance, as you described it before, and all of a sudden the entire world, which is only existing inside of you, becomes more abundant, more fruitful. You see everything as is wonderful. You see everything as full. You see everything as it is, which is unlimited. And But it's not outside. It ain't outside. It's in our experience. And the way to get to that is sensations. It is experiencing what you experience in your body rather than going to what I call protective thoughts. These thoughts that we think are negative, like I'll never do this, I'll never have this, oh, it's going to be terrible... They're just us trying to protect ourselves from sensations that we don't need protection from. We can just feel them. And that changes the world. It just, you know, you notice when you... I have sensations right now that when I was 20 and having panic disorder, I thought I was dying. Now I don't even... I go, oh, hmm, having that sensation. It doesn't even... It's nothing. It's just... Nothing. I'm almost not aware that I have it. If I look, I see, oh, I have a funny band around my eyes that I used to be very scared of. Now it's just the band that David has around his eyes. Mm-hmm. And tired. the difference is with you is that it's simply there, but mm-hmm. it didn't stop you. I would imagine that, um, and I, I thought this was a pertinent question to ask you, because I know like for myself, I've you know been speaking um, a long time uh, for many years, and uh, what I love about speaking is that, you're, you know, you you feel you learn in every talk you ever give. So yeah, it's it's sure. never like, oh, I've arrived. Oh, look at me. Oh, I'm sitting back. Oh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm good. You know, because mm-hmm. every time I show up in front of a group of people, I never know how it's going to go. You know, right? And so mm-hmm. I love that. I love that edge. I love that sensation of uncertainty. I love the possibility that the microphone may not work and I get to tell somebody to turn me on in front of people. You know, I mean, uh-huh. there's always right. possibilities of, you know, what can happen. But I noticed that when I went then into the forum of being an author, then I started feeling different sensations. And a lot mm-hmm. of people that are out there now and people that are listening to this show, they would have felt those sensations and they would have not moved forward because they would have said, oh, this is awkward. It's probably not mine to do. And so having said that, tying it back into you, with you being such an accomplished songwriter and musician, performer, I mean, just incredible work and background that you have, did you go through sensations when you were first getting the inkling to author a book? Oh, my, oh my God. In fact, when the book came out, because writing a book was a dream of mine, a big dream of mine, but of course that thought came with a lot of resistance. You know, there was the positive thought. Now, when my book actually came out, I remember having the thought, oh, isn't this just terrible? Just when my book comes out, I have a terminal illness. Because I felt so sick when my book came out. But I knew that it is me having the sensations that I was avoiding by not having a book come out. Uh, and so always, it always happens. I mean, I love this. I, I, I had someone in Thought Exchange, and she was a fundraiser, and she noticed that she was not raising funds. And so I said, well, next time you go to raise funds, notice your sensations. So she went to the phone, and she noticed that she had a huge hot flash as she was picking up the phone. Mm. So she felt the hot flash, she picked up the phone, and she raised a lot of money. So the thought we took on was, 
here's a hot flash. I'm a great fundraiser. Uh, I know. love it. <laughs> so she gets that's a hot flash every time she picks <laughs> up the phone. That's what she gets. And so for me, I mean, I, I'm on the Today Show once a month. I write a song once a month for the Today Show that it's sung by a Broadway star. It's a segment called Everyone Has a Story, and people call in, write in with their stories, and Kathy Lee Gifford and I write a song. We bring a Broadway star to sing it to them. Every month when I get that assignment, I know that I can't write the song. I am aware that that is a protective thought against the sensation that I get when I have to write a song. So I feel the sensation, and I sit down and write the song, usually in about 20 minutes. <laughs> and, and so it's just the way it is. Now, if people believe those thoughts, they're only doing that because they can't tolerate the sensation that goes with writing a song or speaking. Now, for instance, you said something very interesting, which is, I really enjoy the idea that something could go wrong, that it's different every time. Some people would say, I am totally terrified of that idea. It's the same thing. You just enjoy it. You feel as much nerves as they do. You feel as much stuff as they do. But you view it as excitement. And it, they view it as terror. In fact, it's neither. It's just what is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely it's, what yeah. is. It's, it's, yeah. it's so true, you know, what you're saying. Because these things that bec- that seem like the great big green monsters in the beginning. Because when I first started as a speaker, I certainly didn't feel that way. I just wanted to survive it. <laughs> right. I know I the just film. Wanted when I started conducting on Broadway, that was with. what. Yeah. I used to yeah. tell people, people would say to me, you know, you know, well, what did you do in the first years when you offered classes? I said, I didn't want to offer any. And when I did, I hoped people wouldn't show up. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's hard to believe. Can you imagine? I'm giving out a flyer and I'm promoting a class that I hope nobody will even come to. <laughs> that would but have you been see, this is what I would have considered one of my one of my better days. But I think the point, especially in you know uh, in in people that know me and how I speak today, or more importantly, someone as accomplished as you, of of just the value of people understanding that. That um, you being out there in the world and who you are on the Today Show, you're there because you didn't let these sensations ever stop you. I want to encourage everybody that's listening to to pass the show on to your friends and put it on your Facebook and Twitter and let people out there in the world know that it's time really in 2012, it's really time to let go of any type of fear that's holding us back. I'm Temple Hayes, and you've been listening to From Good to Amazing with the wonderful David Friedman. Please go and visit his website, thethoughtexchange.com. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being part of this wonderful voice of an awakening world. God bless you, everyone. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries online at www.templehays.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org.
The Unity message is universal, uniting, empowering, and transformational. Carrying this message to the world with the power of music and song are scores of singers and songwriters who dedicate their extraordinary gifts to helping heal the world and spread the message of unity and oneness. These are the messengers of unity. We salute the messengers of unity. The voices of the one voice of all humanity. Heroes with weapons of melody and rhyme. Waging peace, one song at a time. Tune in to Pazapalooza, music that matters with host Richard McDesey to hear the music and the artists who are changing the world one song at a time. Fridays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Gattuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. Ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and realize your infinite potential, tune in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Transform that thought you've held in your mind into a reality in your life. How do you work in partnership with God to co-create the life that you've always imagined? One way is through the universe-responding spiritual model for life. Each week, Valerie Crabtree will share how to use the universe-responding elements and principles to co-create your life through continuous communication with your higher power. She'll answer your questions using this practical, understandable concept, and your life will change. Listen to Universe Responding on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.